Aldi is hosting National Hiring Week for all warehouses August 22nd through the 28th. Over the past several years, we've grown rapidly, expanding from coast to coast. That means more opportunities for you to join our warehouse teams across the country. You'll also benefit from our newly increased wages. During National Hiring Week, qualified candidates will be invited to interview on-site and may receive same-day job offers. Join us and apply online at careers.aldi.us slash radio. Welcome to more. Aldi is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Your next success begins with University of Maryland Global Campus. For more than 75 years, UMGC has been giving working adults like you the affordable, accredited, online education you need to reach the future you want. Because the path to success is different for everyone, we offer more than 125 undergraduate and graduate degrees and certificates, along with personalized support and lifetime career services. Plus, our 100% online and hybrid courses let you learn in the way that fits your schedule best, while affordable tuition and financial resources make UMGC accessible. And with no application fee through August 31st, there's no better time to get started. Find the education you need to create the future you want. Choose from fields like business, healthcare, data analytics, cybersecurity, and more, and take the next step in your career. Apply by August 31st, and we'll waive your application fee. Learn more at umgc.edu. Certified to operate by CHEV. Hi, welcome to another edition of the Let's Go Eat show. I'm Bill Allred. And, uh, you know, they say it takes a village, <clears throat> and I think that's true. That's why there's the Youth Village, the Utah Youth Village. It's a, a place for uh, foster care. You know, they say that um, kids who get into situations where they have broken families and they don't have any place to go, they end up on the street. If you can get those kids into solid foster care and get them adopted, it can really save their lives. That's what the Utah Youth Village has been doing, helping one child and helping generations to come. They're the oldest and largest private nonprofit provider of residential treatment for children who are wards of the state. They have 11 group homes, over 60 treatment foster care homes throughout the state, and they do great, great work. Uh, I sat down with the um, transition foster care director, Charity Houghton is her name, and I also had two foster kids uh, sitting in the uh, in the studio with us as we recorded the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, I think you'll find the discussion really enlightening when it comes to foster care and adoption. And, and when you hear from these two young girls, I think uh, you'll really be a supporter of the foster care program and the Utah Youth Village. And if you have a mind to, become a foster family yourself. All right, so Let's Go Eat show. Uh, thanks to me for producing the show. I did all the setup because Dylan's still on vacation. Uh, and without further ado, here it is. The Let's Go Eat show, the Utah Youth Village, Charity Houghton. And uh, we're talking about foster care. <laughs> um, yeah, there we go. Uh, here we, uh, it's the Let's Go Eat show. Hi, I'm Bill Allred, um, wh which you probably already know because I just introduced myself in an intro that I recorded after I did this you know how the Let's Go Eat show goes. This is, uh, you'll figure it out. We're, we're going to do something kind of interesting today. We're going to be talking about um, a, uh, uh, I guess it's a, it, it's not, a, it is a state-run program, is that right, Charity Houghton? It's actually not. It's a, it's a 
501c3. So we are a nonprofit agency. We do contract with the state, with the Department of Child and Family Services, and with the Department of Juvenile Justice. Uh, we, meaning the uh, Utah Youth Village, um, and Charity Houghton is the director uh, of treatment, uh, right? Treatment of foster children for Utah, right? Yes, yeah, treatment foster care. Treatment foster care. And um, so the state has its own foster uh, program too, don't they? They do, yes. Um, The state of Utah has the first three levels of foster care that are – that progress in intensity from levels one through three. What does that uh, mean? I don't understand. What so you essentially level one foster care is just shelter care. So kids are, you know, the, the stereotype, taken. yes, yeah. kids in the middle of the night need somewhere to go. Yeah. They will go to a temporary placement. Um, that's usually really short term. And then for the state, levels two and three are considered a little bit more structured. Um, where private agencies like Utah Youth Village come in are when level four foster care is required and that's considered treatment foster care um, or proctor care some people call it proctor care mm-hmm. um, we work with kids who have pretty extensive trauma histories usually kids who have had a lot of abuse and neglect or they have their own independent issues that make it necessary for a treatment uh, yeah, you may may kids who are on the aut- autism spectrum. Or, Absolutely, yes. Yeah, stuff kids like on, that. Yep, or depression, substance mm-hmm. abuse issues, um, behavioral issues. If they are having a really hard time in school, um, learning disabilities, things like that. Those are the kinds of kids that we normally work with at Utah Youth Village. And, and uh, that's you have the Family First program too. Which we do. Yes, we have an entire continuum of services that we provide from parenting lessons through um, Families First is our intensive in-home program and that is essentially where a a specialist that is a parenting specialist comes into the home and works with the family one-on-one from anywhere between six to ten weeks. Don't you think that every every family should have to do that? Absolutely. They, whether, <laughs> whether, you, whether you think you're having problems or not, you probably ought to uh, have lessons on how to be a parent. Absolutely. And actually, to remedy that, the the old adage that kids don't come with a, an owner's manual or a how-to or, you know, you have to have a license to drive, but you don't have, a, to, have to have a license to be a parent right. is entirely true. So we've actually developed a website called Smarter Parenting that works with the same concepts that Families First and our foster care program and our group home program all teach our parents to use. We've actually um, taken those concepts, and it's always been a continuum kind of model where you can do more or less of something depending on the needs of the family and the child. Now, what's the website, and can people just access that and, and use it? without i mean just use it yeah absolutely and we welcome that Mm -hmm. we would love to get broad use of it we're currently um partnered with intermountain Healthcare, and a lot of pediatricians and doctors are referring their families to it and what's the website smarterparenting.com okay that's uh now the when you say utah youth village yeah it uh it implies or uh, i picture uh 
bunch Kids of little living on a village. Uh, little huts, yeah, little <laughs> yes. little huts with grass grass roofs and and thatched roofs and kids living in little huts and things. Is it? It's not like that, is it? It is absolutely <laughs> not like that. Um, we were founded in the late 1960s, early 1970s, and started as a girls' group home program. There weren't any programs at all to serve the needs of um, young ladies who had gotten involved in the system. However, they mm-hmm. became involved some through the courts and some through DCFS mm. and. Um, Lila Bjorkland, our founder, founded Utah Girls Village, and it was basically two group homes on five acres in Kearns. Um, People from the community, people from the Board of Education of Utah came to her. She was kind of a mover and a shaker, a big mover and a shaker in the community. Um, And they just knew if they put her to this task that she'd get it done, and basically she did. And we were successful, and so a couple of years later turned into Utah Youth Village because, and it really began on the premise, um, her philosophy always was that if you can help one child, you will help generations to come. And it does kind of take a village to raise a child because it takes a lot of positive influence, especially if children have been in an environment where there are negative influences or where they've suffered a lot of trauma, you know, when you think of a quote-unquote healthy family, a lot of those emotional intelligence things, things like social skills yeah. and the importance of school and all of that, you learn that in your home. Our kids sometimes haven't had those great experiences, so they need more positive role models around them, and that's kind of the village concept. How many uh, uh, kids are there at any given time? We have five group homes. All in the same uh, campus? No, they're actually spread throughout the valley. And then we also have a private girls' campus in Erda called Alpine Academy. Uh, Our parenting program is statewide. Our foster program is statewide. And and Families First also is almost entirely statewide. What are the, uh, so it's both uh, both boys and girls. And what, what's the, uh, age? I met some, some cute little uh, foster kids out here in the, our lobby, just the sweetest little kids, and, th- and they're all between the ages of like uh, infant to what, three? So how, <laughs> how young and how old are the? Uh, um, th- honestly, we have worked with newborns right from the hospital who were born addicted to drugs and they we knew that they would need more intensive care than just a shelter situation so they've come to us right from the hospital and we also work with refugees who can stay in our program up to the age of 21 so literally Mm. birth to 21 we specialize in kids kind of in those teenage years middle school through high school um but honestly we work with all kids. What's a, what's a typical uh, a sort of day like for... Well, we have a couple of uh, uh, young ladies here, young women here, who have been in the foster program. Uh, I think one of them, uh, Makari, you're about to be out of the foster program, or what's going on with you? Um, in a couple months, I'm going to be adopted by a family through the Youth Village. Uh, and now is it a family that's been fostering you? You've been in there? Yes. Um, they've been fostering me for about five months. Mm. And they, they must are like going you. through the adoption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they've been fostering for a while. A couple of years ago, I was with them for about a year. And then I went through a couple more placements, and now I'm back with them. 
and now I'm getting adopted by them in August. Is that exciting? So exciting. Yeah, and uh, Jade, lean right into the microphone if you would, Jade. Uh, uh, what about you? What's your story? How, where are you in the program? Uh, I went into foster care when I was 17, and I was in foster care till I was 20 with a very amazing woman. Who she? She was your foster parent. Yeah. Yeah, and she, uh, uh, and she's uh, your foster parent still. No. No. What's no. happened here? I finally got out of the system. I moved back home. I'm working full time, and you moved back on home. My feet. You moved. You moved back home with the parents that. No, not with my parents. Where did you move back home? I what, actually what do you mean live with home? my grandma now. Oh. Okay, but with a relative, you moved back with a relative and, for now. Yeah, and uh, you say you got back out on your feet. Tell me, you want to tell me a little bit about that story? Um, when I was put into foster care at seventeen, I was a full year behind on high school credits. Everybody in my hometown was telling me I wasn't going to graduate and I was going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Why were you having so much trouble? I was being bullied and had some problems at home, mm-hmm. so I started cutting classes. I just didn't go. Life was not happy. I usually would run off into areas where just I'm rural. I don't do cities. You're <laughs> I'm rural, and I could I, that take explains off. why you had trouble getting here. <laughs> I had I had, a little, I had a lot of trouble getting here. Yeah, uh, my grandma and I neither one of us can navigate in the city. <laughs> but um, I would leave the campus and I just head out somewhere into the sticks, mm-hmm. and I just stay there. Oh man, away from everybody as much as you could. I had a couple friends who'd mm-hmm. come with me sometimes, but yeah. I was usually alone. But not uh, and and when did it? Occur? You say you got put into foster care. Uh, Was it not voluntary? Um, It happened after I spent 45 days in detention. I see. And so you had, you you, you would need to go into foster care or else? I, trust me, I couldn't go back to my parents. Yeah. Uh, And um, and you, were you immediately with this amazing woman who you mentioned? Yes. Yeah. I had one placement the entire time I was in care. It's the only good thing my first caseworker did for me. Well, it's a, it's a, it's interesting to me when I hear you say this uh, this amazing woman and your 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 face lights up instantly uh, when you what uh, was that here or was that in your hometown? That was actually down in Price. In Price, and uh, you guys just clicked. And did she have other foster children? Yeah, and that's pretty much why it clicked. Well, I know, to explain that. She had one who was about a year and a half older than me, mm-hmm. who was into the same music, the same books, the same movies. We just, mm. we might as well have grown up together. And we clicked real fast. Yeah. She's still one of my best friends. And she's finally gone home, too. Mm-hmm. But she was, she was actually adopted by... Our foster mom. Hmm. Um, so it was just that association with that uh, older, your older girl. Was it a girl? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> y- your older girl and the foster mom. And that started changing the way you thought about yourself? No. Um, the time I spent in detention 
was more of a wake-up call than anything. Um, That's not a pleasant place to be, is it? But uh, the thing that put me into detention was the biggest wake-up call of my life. Well, you want to say what that was? Uh, Let's just say I got into a fight with my dad and it ended bloody. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll tell you just so you don't feel too out of it. I got into some of those myself with my dad when I was growing up. And uh, it was not pleasant sitting across the uh, table at Thanksgiving dinner with him while he was looking at me with the black eye I gave him. Okay? So I know, uh, I know what you're talking I know where you're coming from. It's a little worse than a black well, eye. Well, but, you know, but it's still not pleasant. Uh, so uh, you're back home in, in the same hometown with your grandma? Uh, my dad's mom, actually, and yeah. me and my dad. Uh, post the first couple years in foster care, we started to rebuild the relationship we never had. And I've never had more of a relationship with my dad than I do now. So so, so you've been able to achieve some relationship with him. That's pretty... I was also able to graduate high school. That's pretty amazing. That's, I mean, that's really amazing. Uh is it, and it's because of the foster care that you received? It's because of my foster mom. Yeah. And the fact that she wouldn't let me give up on the relationship with my dad, but she didn't let mm. me hope for it too hard, so I didn't get hurt too bad. Yeah. It didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so so you'll go back and live in a small town and, and, uh, and, and like that, and you'll be okay, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk to uh, um, Makari. Actually, where I would started to go with this, and I just kind of veered off into your story, uh, but we'll talk about talk to Makari a little bit uh, and see. I know that I made you nervous, but you you did that very well. You're fine. You did it. You, you were great. I'll even ask you some more questions in a minute because you answered those great. Um, let's talk to Makari about her story. But I what, what I wanted to find out was. Um, what life is like when you're in the you spend some time in the group home yeah um yeah well i spent some time in it was more of a residential treatment center so Mm -hmm. like a program Mm -hmm. it wasn't a normal group home but i spent i was there for a year it was pretty rough (laughs) um but i met some pretty awesome girls there and i learned a lot there it wasn't with the utah youth village because I'd been in and out of the Utah Youth Village for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, what? What? Uh, how old are you? You mind me asking? Um, I'm 15. I'll be 16 in July. And how, how old are you, Jade? I'm 21. Oh, 20. I think you, I think you said that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 15. Uh, what? You want to talk a little bit about what landed you in foster care? Um. Well, I went. Well, I've been in the system in and out set for. Since I was like four, I've been in and out of the system, not really in foster care, but I'd have to move with my grandma every once in a while and go back with my parents. I went into foster care when I was 10, and I've moved like 16 times since then. Different foster homes? Yes, I've been in foster care. I've lived with a couple family members. It's been quite a few. Yeah. Is it, uh, you know, uh, Jade lucked out the first foster Mm-hmm. place she went and they was just like wow this is great what was your experience like oh that did not happen um well some foster homes 
just did not work out well at all. It took me, taken me a long time to find the foster home that really works for me. But I finally found someone mm. that I care about and is just perfect for me. Yeah, let's talk to uh, Charity again now. Uh, how, how do, uh, tell me, talk a little bit about this process. Uh, you vet people, obviously, who, do, who yeah. become foster parents and... Um, uh, and you, uh, but you, you, a lot of times you hear these stories about, well, I went to this foster home and that just didn't work. And this one just didn't work. And this mm-hmm. one just didn't work. And how do you, uh, how does the uh, youth village, uh, interact with all of that and intervene and, and, and facilitate things when, when this, these things happen? A big part of doing foster care is, it is the match between the parent and the child, Um, Another part of it is that some people come to foster care and think that you can just love a kid better, that if I just love them enough that they will get better, that all their problem, you know, their history will be gone, their trauma will be gone, they'll just get better. Um, I, Oh, how I wish that were the truth. If that were true, then all of the people who love their foster children would make them better and I would be out of a job. And that would be great. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that would be the best day of my life. Um, I love the the Utah Youth Village because of the model that we use. It really is that manual on parenting that none of us ever got. Um, because it's a huge focus on the relationship and a huge focus on helping the kids learn the skills that they need to be successful in their life and very strength-based and very positive. Um, so when we vet our foster parents, there is, there's an interview process. All agencies have an interview process. What we're looking for are families who are willing to see the kids' problems as separate from the kid. So no matter what they do, we ne- we don't think there are any bad children. You know, we don't think kids are bad. Yeah, and my kids. I bet I can, <laughs> I bet I think the same thing of them. <laughs> so, and that's really that's really the philosophy. We I haven't met a kid who wouldn't do better if they knew better, and that's what we try to focus on is helping them practice doing things better. You know, some of our kids are on it, frankly, and honestly, pretty oppositional when they get to us. They've had a lot of adults in their lives. Makari was in, you know, 16 placements, um, through other foster agencies Mm -hmm. and, and all of those people I'm sure loved her and were very well intentioned, but they didn't know how to work with her and they didn't know how to make that connection with her. And I hope you don't mind me saying this, sweetie. If I say anything, you don't want me to say, please just punch me in the nose hold your hand up Makari and say stop stop." (laughs) no you're fine Um, you can say whatever but but they weren't able to deal with some of the behaviors that were caused by the trauma she had been through Mm -hmm. she had absolutely no reason to trust her foster parents when she first got there none at all so you you think that a kid will say well I'm nice can't she tell that I'm nice? Why isn't she just nice to me? Because I'm nice to her or he nice to me because I'm nice to them. And it it's not that easy when you've lived your whole life, not being able to trust the people that you're around. Um, there are some huge barriers that have to be overcome and some layers of that onion that need to be peeled back. Why do 
uh, people become foster parents, do you think? You know, honestly, it's all because they want to help the kids. It's It really is. There are so many awesome people that want to help children. In in our agency, we're actually one of the larger agencies and older agencies in the state, and so many of our foster parents decide to adopt their kids that we're always in need of great foster parents. Frankly, that's one of the reasons we asked to be here today is because when great people adopt their kids, that means they're no longer available to do foster care. You can't uh, now. If you adopt a child, after you, if you foster a child, you adopt a child. You, you think, man, we just get along great, and uh, the, this flourishes. Can't you still foster? You actually can. You can yes, but but a lot a lot of people probably choose not to. They uh, right because you can only have up to six kids, and. Um, Six. Ah. <laughs> six. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, I mean six total in the home. You can only have three foster children at a time, mm-hmm. but you can have six total children. Mm-hmm. Um, the family that you met in the lobby are actually adopting those, those children. Three, those and, three little boys? Yes. Man, and, those, those kids are cute. Oh, my yeah, God, they're cute. Yeah, yeah. and, and McCurry. I, I want to go out there and challenge this. Yeah, I'm going to adopt them. <laughs> you can't do it. You'd have a fight on your hands. I know, I could tell. I could tell. So, um, be, so people get into foster care because they want to help kids. Mm. Often what they're not prepared for are the skills necessary to help those kids. And that's where... Utah Youth Village comes in because we have um, supervisors for our homes that are available 24-7. We do extensive training, extensive support with the family in the home. Um, just I, it, I would bore you to death if I went through everything that the families have to learn before mm-hmm. they can take the kids. But essentially, uh, our mission statement is improving the lives of children one excellent parent at a time. We require our parents to be excellent, and that's what's necessary to help a kid who's really been hurt. I would think a difficult part of being a foster parent, too, though, is at some point that if you don't choose to adopt a child, it's, that child's going to leave, mm-hmm. and maybe you've forged a, a nice relationship, a good relationship, and then you have to say, well, bye, now it's time to go, or... The parent, maybe the child's biological parents have gotten their acts together. Does that happen? I would assume that happens. It does happen. Yeah, we have foster parents who want to adopt, and then we have other foster parents who just really want to help children. Mm. And not that those things are mutually exclusive, but we kind of have people in both, you know, in both of those lanes, let's say. Um what, one of the things that works really well is because of the continuum, we have hopefully helped the biological parents gain some skills as well as the child while they've been with us. And when they go home, we're never happier than when a kid can go home and stay home. Mm-hmm. So our programs like Families First and Smarter Parenting and our parenting classes, the whole goal of all of those programs is to help a kid go home and stay home, or never even come into care to begin with. Mm. So it's difficult, but as the foster parents see those, those those parents blossom and that child blossom, knowing that you're sending that child home to a, a completely different environment or a significantly improved environment is kind of what we live for. 
Uh, Makari, can I ask you, so you're, you say you're about to be adopted uh, by a foster two, um, a, a couple, a, a mm-hmm. man and a woman, uh, and they have other kids? Um, well, they've done foster care for a while, off and on. When I first moved in the home, we had another foster daughter, but not anymore. So we, I was alone with them for a little bit, just me. But now we have three little boys, like you were talking about, mm-hmm. who are just so amazing. And, yeah, we're going to adopt the three boys and me, and we don't have any other kids. Um, is there, uh, so 15, and then you, you, will, you will be, and is that, I, you know, I was adopted, actually, uh, when I was, uh, my mother remarried, and uh, um, my uh, stepfather wanted, wanted to adopt me and then did, um, I won't go into all of that, but uh, uh, so once you are, ado- is it the same sort of adoption? I mean, this is now a legal binding. Mm-hmm. Your your last name may change to their last name, and yeah, uh, is that what you will do? Yeah, I'll be changing my I, last name to I their suppose, last name. I suppose you have the option if you don't want mm-hmm. that. You could keep your last name. But. Yeah, I could keep my last name if I wanted to, or if I wanted to, I could change my whole name. I could change my first name, middle name, everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to take on their last name. So that's uh, I don't which I I, feel, I like that. I mean, I think that seems very. It, it, it seems sort of more permanent, doesn't mm-hmm. it, and more, and so they will be. Now, can I ask you, what about, so there is no chance that you'll, I mean, will you ever have a relationship with your uh, biological parents? Or yes. Are they around? Um, well, I don't, so my biological mom, we, you have to terminate your rights to become foster care, yeah. and that just happened not long ago. I still have contact with all of my biological family, and I talked with my biological mom mm-hmm. on the daily. Mm-hmm. Like we still have contact. It's just that I can never live with her. Yeah, yeah. It's just not, not, not in the cards. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, and what do you? Uh, so you're going. You go to school, and uh, what? What do you want to do with your life now that things seem to be kind of stable, really stable for for yeah. the for the first time in your 15 years? Yeah, this is the first time that it's been actually stable mm-hmm. in a while. Um. Yeah, I'm just going right now. I'm just trying to get a working on finding out what I want to do for a career. Um, just trying to finish high school. Yeah, yeah. And you live here in Salt Lake. Um. Oh, I live in Kearns. In Kearns, yeah. And uh, now uh, Jade is just a, she just can't wait to get back to whatever small town. And we don't unless you want to tell us, you can. But you don't have to tell us what small town. Is it a really small town in Utah? Yes. How how small? Like. Population less than a hundred. Get, get closer knows to the microphone. Other. So you don't want it. Will you say what it is? Do you care? Let's see if anyone can actually find it. Tridel, Utah. Tridel. <laughs> Ever even heard no. of it? No. And I've been a lot of places in Utah. Okay. Think Vernal. Right. Thirty so you, miles west of Vernal. So you're out in the Uinta Basin. Yeah. Okay. Thirty miles west of Vernal. You'll find La Point, and then about two miles north of La Point is Tridel. Man, there's nothing out there. It's a dairy town. Really? Mostly it's like some feedlots and mostly cows. Yeah, and you and that's uh, you like it there. I love it there. Why? Because <laughs> it's quiet. <laughs> yeah, well, except for the mooing of the cows, I guess. Yeah, pretty but the quiet. The mooing of the cows is different than the vroom vroom and sirens. Well, you got yourself on your feet. You're 21 now. Uh, Graveyards at 7-Eleven. Uh, uh, you're working a Seven Eleven, 
<laughs> what, but what will you do when you go to Tridell? Sleep. Well, <laughs> what, I mean, how, for, for work. Marty and Tridell. I go over to Vernal and work at 7-Eleven. Oh, you're working at a 7-Eleven in Vernal. I see. It's a 30-minute commute. Yeah. No problem. But that's all right. Yeah. I, uh, that's, I think that's a life you like, and that's a life you will live. You want to you get into cows at all or just keep working at the 7-Eleven? I'll stick with 7-Eleven and go to college and start teaching like I want to. Oh, yeah. What do you want to You want to teach what, uh, elementary school or uh, high school, or what do you want to do? High school English. High school English. Used to be science, but then I found my niche in writing. Uh, and I, I, have, I have a suspicion that your foster mother had something to do with that. She actually has a major in English, yeah. so I guess you could say there are some connections. Where, so where are you going to you have any idea where you want to go to school? USU, you in a basin, so I can work and do school at the same time. Oh, there, is that in? Uh, That's in Vernal and Roosevelt. They, oh, they have a campuses in they Vernal have and branch and both. I know they have them in Price as well. I know. No, that's USU Eastern. Get it straight. <laughs> <laughs> Small towns are very competitive. Yes, they are. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah. USU Eastern has the Eagle. We're still Aggies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what? Uh, let's talk about the kind. You say uh, uh, fa- it, it's. You always need people to be foster parents. Absolutely, There's yeah. no shortage of foster children. No, we generally get 50 referrals a month and are only able to take in about 10 kids. Well, that sucks. So that's, for, that's 40 kids that are not being served. And, um, you know, everyone knows that visual of Miss Hannigan and Annie and people only do foster care for the money and mm-hmm. all of those horrible things. I, I've really never met that person who does foster care for the money. Really? You can't make enough money in foster care to, you know, yeah. to do anything. Um, well, unless you're like Fagan and you send, <laughs> you send the children out to pick pockets for you. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, but and so it, it's not necessarily a financial burden on the family, but it is, you know, it costs it costs money to take in foster kids. And um and oh, I'm sorry, I've completely forgotten well, just my a, point. Just a, how you need always need foster we parents, do. and how how do people apply for that? Um, they can go to youthvillage.org. That's our online application. It's essentially just a very rudimentary screening process, and then somebody that works for Utah Youth Village will contact them, normally within 24 hours, and set up an interview. We believe really strongly that it's sort of a mutual selection process. So they need to pick us and we need to pick them. Mm-hmm. Um, just th- th- in the same way that we match kids with families, we feel like our philosophies need to match. So that's the interview, you know, the application mm-hmm. process is just through youthvillage.org. If anybody has any questions about foster care and wants to call me directly, um, I'm happy to give my number. It's 801. 801- Five five seven, four four eight two, um, yeah. Or just there are a lot of questions that can be answered on our website as well. Uh, and that's Utah. It's youthvillage dot org. Youthvillage dot org. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the uh, you know things have changed in our society? Uh, are there uh, now apparently single people can be fostered. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess I'll just ask it directly. Can uh, uh, gay couples be foster parents? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a big change in society. Yeah. It, which, it's, which I think is a good one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's as long as you're legally married, that's sometimes where the complication comes in. There's a licensing rule against cohabitating or cohabiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to be legally married or single, and that goes for gay or mm-hmm. heterosexual couples. So gay, so, uh, single, single men and or single women, women. can uh, can uh, foster. Absolutely. I would assume you put boys with single men and normally, yeah, yeah. and girls with. Uh, so, so that's a great. That probably has helped a lot in the years you've been doing it. Has that in, increased the numbers of people who come into foster parenting? Uh, we actually don't have any same-sex couples yet in mm. foster care. I don't think a lot of people realize that they can foster. Yeah. So I, that's something I'm happy to get out there to people. We've had some inquiries. Generally, though, people aren't they're not yet married yet, mm-hmm. and that's what's holding that's them the back. That's the qualification. Mm-hmm. You have to be which, married, which you now can be as a same-sex couple. Absolutely. So be be legally uh, married, and you can do it. Um, I think, and and I think that would be uh, that's an, a really excellent thing for uh, people people to do. You know, it's it te- it teaches it can teach couples a lot about how they are and who they are and what and really how they deal with children and mm-hmm. uh, you know I mean it can be very instructive. <laughs> it's like you know maybe we don't want to have kids. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it, it's a hard thing to. Uh, um, to contemplate when I see these two uh, really nice young women here that um, you guys should have had such a difficult time. Um, But it sounds to me like you're both really on, on like the path you want to be on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It took a while to get there, but I'm finally in the path I want to be on. You feel good about yourself. That's because that's a big part of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, is in a way, a lot of times, I think it's the biggest part of it, how you feel about yourself. Did you want to say something about that, Jade? Well, before I went into foster care, I wouldn't be anywhere near this room because people could see me or mm-hmm. people could hear me <laughs> more, to put the point. Yeah. Me working a job as a clerk at a, a convenience store, yeah. never going to happen because I can't look people in the eye. Well, can you look can look people in the eye. You now. can do it, yeah, and you do it well. And it's uh, uh, I I predict nothing but good stuff for you. <laughs> nothing but good stuff. Well, my regulars love me. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley's really she's very humble about all of the things that she's accomplished, but she has actually, as part of one of her school projects, did a documentary about foster care, and interviewed several families and. Really? was much more comfortable behind the camera than in front of it. But she put herself out there in a way Mm -hmm. that I don't think she would have ever done before. And she has just honestly blossomed as a young lady. It's been so fun for all of our kids, but these two in particular, to watch them just blossom as young ladies. Uh, Now, so uh, now that I know you've done a documentary and you have to ask, you had to ask people questions. Uh, let me ask you this. What have I missed? What questions should I have been asking here that I haven't asked? Gosh, I have to think back for that. Yeah? Um, well, when I was... I have one if you can't think of When I was interviewing, I was mostly... I would ask about uh, mostly parents' experiences with mm-hmm. kids. Um, with one parent, I asked about 
certain things that come up in certain foster kids like rad and things like that but specific questions i couldn't tell you what is your what i should i'm going to start doing this in every interview that i do no matter who it is i'm going to start saying okay so what uh, what haven't i what should i have asked that i haven't asked you you say you had something charity i would like to ask both of you what qualities do good foster parents have ah good question um yes that's uh, Makari is going to answer yeah. first. Personally, I think one of the best qualities a foster parent can have is just being understanding. And they have to understand that it's not always going to be perfect. I feel like I've been in some foster care. I've been in some foster placements where when something goes wrong, they're like, oh, crap. And they don't know what to do. I feel like mm-hmm. foster parents should have an understanding that not everything is going to be peachy. Mm-hmm. That, that makes perfect sense. They, they need to know the difference between the time to reprimand and the time to comfort. Yeah. Hmm. Because all foster, like, children are not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes, especially being in foster care. A lot of the children have some issues, gun like shy. behavioral issues. You'd be really stuff. kind of gun shy about the whole thing, I would think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This isn't going to work out. I know it's not going to work out. Yeah, I've experienced that. (laughs) I know it's not going to work out. There's definitely a honeymoon with new foster parents where you get excited about helping kids and you come to the training and you get licensed and they drop a kid off at your house and that doesn't know you from Adam and you don't know them from Adam. And there's that period of time when you just want to, you know, run screaming into the night because Mm -hmm. you've gotten yourself way in over your head Mm -hmm. um those families that stick with it the families that have grit and are not going to give up on a kid are the ones that come to love it is what i find and that's how i ended up with the perfect foster parent and that's how (laughs) jade ended up with the perfect foster parent you're lucky you're lucky lucky. you you worked you worked hard on it too though didn't you uh let's just say i did everything in my power not mm. to mess anything up. Uh, so, uh, at first. W- working at the Seven Eleven in uh, uh, Vernal, uh, what do you sell? What what brand of beer do you sell most? Oh, um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. And do you sell a lot of cigarettes? I sell a lot of cigarettes. Yes, but yeah. um, when it comes down to it, it'll be. 50-50 between a 30-case of Bud Light and a 30-case of Budweiser and a 30-case of Coors. That's, what, that's where, where I thought it would have gone. Get or me, Mike's. Yeah. Mike's Hard Lemonades, we sell a lot of those uh, too, but that's <laughs> mostly to people I know. Uh, uh, so, And, uh, Makari, you don't know what you want to do yet? Just finish high school? Yeah, well, I've been interested in quite a few things. I've even been interested in doing radio for, for like couple months i was interested in that mm-hmm. <laughs> well you know you can do a uh, you can do uh, an internship uh, mm-hmm. at x96 i think you have to be a little older but uh, if we're st- if we're still on the air which you never i know. anticipate <laughs> you will be you never know <laughs> i would die if you stopped <laughs> in a couple of years you could probably come an intern on the radio from hell show if you wanted to I do would. that not be okay if you guys stopped that. <laughs> well, you know, you never know. It, uh, you know, all things have to come to an end someday. <laughs> come uh, on, be nice. She's a fan. Don't break her Okay, heart. we'll be <laughs> here. Really, we'll really be here. Fan. We'll be here when you're 17 or 18. I forget what the age is that we. It might be 18. 
you have to be 18 to do it, I think. But, so we'll, okay, we'll still be here for you. <laughs> I promise, Makari. Okay, good. Uh, when uh, you're a student at the U, you yeah. can intern here. Yeah, okay. there you go. I'm pulling you on that. Okay, do it. <laughs> uh, it's uh, the Utah Youth Village. If you're interested in fostering, uh, where do you go? Youthvillage.org. And if you want to see about our parenting philosophy, you can visit smarterparenting.com. Charity Houghton, Director of Treatment for Foster Care for the uh, Youth Village. Uh, Jade, uh, just just out of the foster program now and pro- half, probably half. Y- y- I'm a month shy of a year clear. <laughs> month shy of a year clear. But you still have a relationship with your uh, foster parent and see her, see her occasionally. You see her occasionally and all of that. Yeah. I went some for Christmas. <laughs> How nice. <laughs> and uh, Makari, our uh, our intern in uh, three years from now, <laughs> thanks for being here. The ba- I hope just the best for you. I hope this is great for you, and I think it will be. Thank you. Thank right. you so much. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I'm Bill Allred. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double. Broadway Media Podcast Network. 